0: si è certo che poi il
1: appreciate all your support all this time. You're here for another installment of the Latino Literary Renaissance. And, of course, we're transmitting live right now at 100,000 watts during prime time in the fourth largest city in America. But you can experience this either through podcasts. We post some of them at nuestra Palabra.org. Every program is available for two weeks if you go to kpft.org and listen to the archives. But we want to thank our friends at the University of Houston who have archived all of our shows as part of their digital archives. That means a lot to us. There are a few steps you have to go through if you do want to listen to those, but it is available for research. And, of course, we want to also acknowledge our friends at the Houston Public Library where the hard copies of Nuestra Palabra's work are kept in the Hispanic collection. So we're making history, we're living it, we're changing the world, and I'm so glad that you've been there every step of the way. We have a great program for you today, and we'll get to it. I'll give you a preview in about four seconds, because then we'll also get to the soapbox, where we work in different issues or topics that are Very important at the time that other folks won't cover. The caveat, though, is that there's a lot of different issues and topics that we're not going to delve into because we're short on time. And other sources cover them, too. But the bottom line is that we've made a commitment to our community's cultural capital in literature, writing, poesia, and we're going to stick to it. So for that reason, we've trimmed down the soapbox and bringing in other issues because we do want to talk to our friends, Juliette Ducote, who is the founder and director of Flamenco Society, one of our dear friends, part of the, the lucha here to make sure that our community tells its story and hears its story. We'll be talking to her about a great program coming up that you won't want to miss And then also we want to talk to our friend Angel Quesada, who you've met him either by chance at going to a show and you didn't realize he had helped organize it. And he's got some important news about a new group that is really groundbreaking because it is a sign that our community, especially of arts administrators and artists who are organizers – we are coming together in a big way so he's going to do a reveal of the name of that union of groups so that's exclusive to our show cuz it was it's going to be the first time that it's uttered <laughs> in public but also is going to talk about the work that he does as well because he is involved very much in the community now on that note i do want to use a soapbox time to talk about the cultural capital of our community, because a few important things are going down immediately. So tomorrow, we're going to have the launch of the campaign, put Hugh Latinx Art on the map. And that's a hashtag. Hashtag H-O-U Latinx Art. And tomorrow, actually, we're unifying... With Councilman Robert Gallegos's nonprofit meeting. He has a regular meeting of Latino nonprofits. Now, these organizations cater specifically to social issues or, or other issues, but not specifically to art. The reason that's important is because our art movement and our community need the support of everyone, especially individuals in those groups. Now, if you're not involved in any of that, you can still come. Because what you're going to wind up hearing tomorrow will be not only the launch of the Put Hue Latinx Art on the Map campaign, which will be fun. But you're going to also get a sneak preview. Adan Trevino, who is a board member of the Houston Arts Alliance, will be there. He's also a board member of NALAC, National Association of Latino Arts and Culture. They're releasing a report on the way that Latino, Latinx nonprofits have been funded uh, in past years. Well, they haven't been. So the numbers are very bleak and dismal. However, I do want to add that this is the first time that it's been quantified, and I'm excited that we've got a lot of forces coming together to make sure that I will not have to come on this mic again next year and tell you how bad things are a year from today, I will be coming on and tell you how great things have become because that's what's going to happen starting with tomorrow. That's going to be at 6 p.m. in City Hall in the Legacy Room, which is 909 Bagby, right there in front of City Hall. You see that big pool where they put the electronic Christmas trees at Christmas? Follow that into City Hall. And 6 to 7.30 p.m., of course, you don't have to be affiliated with a nonprofit or even be Latino to Go. We'd love everyone to go. But you get the sneak preview of that campaign. And you're also going to hear from Dr. Pamela Quiroz who will talk about Latino Arts Now, which is coming in April of next year. That's part of this big plan. But we've got a whole year-long project. I'm also writing the policy paper, which will be released September 14th. And that will be a depiction of of the State of Latino Arts in Houston. And that's going to be an annual report that we'll have released here on the show. We're going to do uh, op-eds. Of course, that'll be on television as well, Fox 26 Houston. But want you to know that from now on, that will be quantified. Of course, our friend Wei Chen from Houston Chronicle, he said he's going to do an annual um, calculation of the the role of Latinos and minorities in, and multicultural folks in theater. So that'll be a part of that as well. So things are happening. I want to make sure you're involved as well. Now, we, we've we suspected that there was a lack of funding, but we've never had it quantified in this way. But I also want to add, we've never had this level of support. So I am also on the Mayor's Hispanic Advisory Committee, uh, Advisory Board, and we started the Art Committee, which is behind this as well. We've got this new union that Angel is going to tell us what the name of the group is. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> I'm excited, <laughs> um, and then also the the third component is going to be the uh, you got the arts committee. Um, you've got this new group, and then also the Latino nonprofits through Councilman Gallegos. And September 14th will be the press conference where we announce pro- proclamation of Latino Arts Day. So. Um, Councilman Gallegos will be there on Latino Arts Day. Mayor Turner could have a special announcement that day about supporting Latino Art Now 2019. And then we'll be releasing the official releases of the report as well as uh, my my um, policy paper on the state of Latino arts. And more importantly, because more important, I know this is a lot to, to sink in, more importantly, it's a campaign hue- Latinx Art Now, go to our webpage, check out the hashtag. We launch it tomorrow. It'll be going on throughout Hispanic Heritage Month. We're asking community members to sign up and support Latinx Art in any way they can. They can come up with their own projects or we can help you. So, of course, our forte is literature. So we've got three how-to steps at our website's but you can come up with something as well, and we'll announce it on the air. So I want to announce the first person. Yes, Deborah Barrera. She has signed up to promote Hugh Latinx art in her neighborhood. I want to thank you very much for for being the first person, the first student group, Latin American Student Organization, LASO from Lone Star College, North Harris. So, we've, hey, it's starting, to, it's starting to happen. It's starting to happen. And it, it is great, too, because what I want us to appreciate is that we've got to quantify, cultivate, and accelerate our community's cultural capital. Because it was us who came together and put this radio show together. We put, I mean, this is us. Yes, yes, it is. You know? And it's been a big group of us, which has been fantastic. Yep. And you guys did a great job last week. Congratulations. Oh, yeah. That was fun. You know, and I'm glad it was fun because, you know, the crew works so hard, many behind the scenes, but it also frees us up and and pushes us to. (laughs) But it's great then that we've got flexibility to work on different projects so that if I have a commitment, I can go work on that. But the show still goes on. We have great guests and we keep pushing it as we've been doing, but... It can go away. And again, I think people are ready to ask me for them a pledge. It sounds like I'm doing pledge drive right now.
2: Well, you could always donate, you know. Uh-huh. I mean.
1: Why don't we it. mention it?
2: Why don't we mention it?
1: We can go to the tip jar. Tip jar. At kpft.org. And if you donate during our show, it goes towards our pledge drive. Yes. So we would appreciate it. Or if we could start budgeting now for when we hit you up then. But but again, this is all community oriented. It's all volunteers. I'm going to say it again. If we didn't do this, it would not get done. Right? So right now then, we want you to reach out deep in the community. And folks then, they can come up with their own way or they can put up a display of Latino literature. We have a how-to rundown because we're good at that. Also, you could do a, a literary reading. If you want our help, we could probably help with that too. We have a little checklist for that. And the simplest one Read Latino literature, Latinx literature to kids. And Javier Garza, who's got 14 books out now, believe it or not. He got published through Nuestra Palabra at one of our uh, big book fairs. He's got 14 books now. When you list of his 10 books, which you can read to kids.
2: Or act out to kids. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) That would be even better. That would
1: be so much fun. And I I think people think that, oh, my goodness, if I go to a classroom with the kids, the kids are going to boo me. They'll throw tomatoes at me. <laughs> They'll chase me out.
2: Or you'll read and you have one person. Get out. <laughs> that always works.
1: You know what? Every time I've done it, it is touching to see how much the kids love it. Yeah. Because they don't get it often.
2: No, they don't. It's like too many words, but you know they understand like body movements. And, like, <laughs> I, I remember that. I know what that is. <laughs>
1: And they they love that here is someone that's not my relative that cares about us enough, come and read. Right. So that that could be what you do. So you would fill out the pledge form, and it's available on the website, HoustonLatinoArt.org, as well as HoustonLatinX.org. Of course, if we have any tweaks with that website, we'll fix it. But you can go there, sign the pledge sheet, take a picture of it, send it in. Make sure we get your email. A year from now... We should have forty thousand names of folks who are interested. We'll have more funding for Latinx arts, more artists, more professional administrators, and it all started with you. So that's a soapbox, okay? Usually I like to fight and <laughs> and and bring uh conflict. Today it's about the lat Latino Latinx arts. So we're gonna get to our first guest. Are we gonna do a musical break or go right to
2: Yeah, let's do just a little bit of a musical break and let's uh let's get Julieta in here and um Let's go from there I love it Let's say hi This is Tony S <laughs>
1: This is
0: Letty. This is Joe Anthony This is Alexis from Houston, Texas ow, Ligo ow. What's up? And music <laughs> <laughs> Alright Esperanza Spaulding She is using a lot of jazz chords As you can tell This is, as I said Esperanza Spaulding Ponte de Areia Using Brazilian beats Speaking in Portuguese I hope you enjoyed her lovely voice And her harmonizations Thank you for listening to Mesa Palabra Latinos having their say on the air
1: Back, you're experiencing nuestra palabra, Latino writers having your say, "Hey, who picked that music?" Your boy Alexis from Houston, Texas. Man. What's going on? Tell us a little bit what inspired you to that, to, to choose that.
0: Okay, well, really, Esperanza Spaulding is one of my favorite all-time artists of any generation, any decade, honestly. And uh, to be honest, she the as an artist, she really she doesn't really do it for fame. She does it uh, to transduce spirit. She she uses all these Latino beats. These she gets all along with all these Latino artists and musicians. And really, the product is, is so beautiful. And uh, sorry, Letty, I know you had a song queued up, but no, uh, I'm sorry, Esperanza Spaulding had to take it today. But yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah that's, that's Esperanza Spaulding man. I hope y'all enjoyed it. Very cool. It's
1: very nice to provide a soundtrack to a revolution. We appreciate it. No, definitely. Now, in the studio with us live is artistic director. Julieta Parra Ducote, who's a dear friend. I've known her for so long. It's wonderful to get to commiserate. And of course, you know that she's founder and artistic director of the Flamenco Poets Society. She's enthusiastically overseen the organization for over 18 years. Congratulations. Okay. And of course, her group presents bilingual readings, the annual storytelling event, and the Cafe Cantante series featuring poetry, music, and dance. They collaborate with local organizations such as Houston Composers Salon, Lucia and Valdemar, Flamenco and Fresh Arts Cultured Cocktails. That was a really fun event, yes. by the way, yes. uh, as they all are. Uh, <laughs> she's also produced poetry readings and flamenco programs for nonprofit and cultural organizations throughout the city. She's a native of Bogota, Colombia. She came with her family as a young woman and lived in New Orleans and Puerto Rico. After completing her studies and a short career as an archivist at the Amistad Research Center in Louisiana, she met her first husband. They observed everyone driving to Houston as fast as they could, <laughs> turned the oil boom years, came bueno, que bueno, because you got this, to find better opportunities for the future, so they borrowed her brother-in-law's old car and journeyed west of the Mississippi. She's been in the Bayou City and ours ever since. She was a technical librarian for the Oil Patch Library System and had incredible experiences with Gulf Oil, Chevron, the Hirsch Library at the Museum of Fine Arts Houston, and the Museum of Natural Science. She's also done volunteer work for numerous cultural and educational groups throughout Houston. For the last 32 years, she has pursued her passion for studying, writing, and reading poetry. She's a published poet, and her work has appeared in several literary journals. Her major subjects of interest are the poetry and literature of Latin America and Spain, as well as the dance, music, and history of flamenco. Her poetry teacher was an inspiration and mentor. These days, she's consumed with the poetry of her beloved poet, Pablo Neruda. Thank you for coming. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me. It's a pleasure to be here. And thank you for all the work that you do for our community. Thank you. Now, you've got a little different project coming up. Tell tell folks about that.
2: Yes, we do. We decided that we wanted to be uh, adventurous And we wanted to change something, and we wanted to bring people in to talk to each other, to meet, to get excited. The particular films that we chose are very good films that have been around for like probably more than 25 years. Carlos Sada is an incredible filmmaker, and these really films bring a little bit of everything. You have Bodas de Sangre, and
1: it's Blood based waiting.
2: on Federico Garcia Lorca plays. It's a lot of drama, but some gorgeous dancing and music. And of course, the incredible Carmen. And this wow. is a very different Carmen than the one we usually see. So mm. I will not say anything. <laughs> <laughs> You're just going to titillate us. Exactly. Exactly. And then we have Amor Brujo, which is the last piece. And that's another incredible film. That's fun. Yes. And we team up with uh, Brazil. So what's going to happen is we're going to do this in three separate Sundays. We start on uh, Sunday, September thirty. 30th at 7.30, we're going to have a little pre-talk, not too much, but a little, and then we'll present the movie, and then on Sunday, October 7, we'll start again at 7.30 with Carmen, and then on Sunday, October 14, at 7.30, El Amor Brujo. And actually, um, Brazil has a new chef, and he's going to be working on some tapas.
1: Ah, que rico! Yes, oh, that's wonderful. And
2: he's gonna do sangria and some other little, maybe some Spanish wines, just to kind of give it a little yeah, flavor. Yeah, that's a lot of
1: fun. Well, and Brazil is fun anyway. I mean, we enjoy fun. going there anyway. Yes, Café yes. Brazil, and it's
2: reasonable. And even if you don't buy a wine, you can still buy non-alcoholic drinks. Now, by know?
1: the way, let's give out the edges because I invited some friends to meet at Café Brazil, and they had not been there before. And they circled, and they are like. This place doesn't even have a sign. (laughs) (laughs) No. And I'm like, oh my goodness, I didn't realize if you had not been there before. So I guess some folks have, let's, what, can you give out the address?
2: Yes, the, uh, Brazil is on 2604 Dunleby, which is the corner of Dunleby and Westheimer. And yes, it doesn't have a big sign. The that- sign is covered by a little tree that's been sitting there forever. <laughs> and you want to give yourself plenty of time to park and then right. go inside because it's going to be in the little patio in the back.
1: Which is a nice space. It's yes. such a fun space. Yes. So I love it. So people get a chance to just commiserate, hang Correct. out, but then also enjoy that film together. Because those films are Fuerte, Those are- Yes,
2: yes, and the event is free, so there's...
1: No excuse not to go. No
2: excuse not to go, correct, all they have to do is just buy a drink if they want to, or Coca-Cola, or maybe iced Fine. tea, you or me cafe. Into it, I'll
1: have a drink. <laughs> <laughs> what the heck, why not? The-
2: <laughs> and come with your boyfriend, or girlfriend, or your family, or, you know, whoever you want to come with. I think it's, it would be a nice... Gathering where people don't have to worry about mm-hmm. it and dress up, just come as they are
1: now you mentioned this is a little different for 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 the flamenco society yes and, and why this route I think it's a lot of fun, so it makes complete sense why this, but also sounds like you really want to create something where people. Meet, hang out
2: yes I think this is our uh, what we want to because I think that's been happening we've been having a lot of very successful uh, programs in the past and people come see the event and they leave but we would like for people to to make friends to socialize and we're missing that that is something that is lacking I myself included I go maybe to a concert at the Sherpa or maybe to some other, maybe match. People see the concert and they leave and you never get a chance to speak with no one. So I think that this is an opportunity to kind of let, let's let get together, let's talk, let's start a conversation.
1: I think, too, for example, when I go see a film um, with, with uh, my family, they don't want to talk about it the Movie after that's all I want to do. Like Hooray. I'm dying to talk about it, and then let, they just want to kind of let it sink in and enjoy. And I'm like, oh, that that character—he was a little cliché. And they're like, shut up, <laughs> <laughs> stop it. I go, but I really want to. Th-. So, so the, it's also fun too because I guess some people obviously when they debrief or let. So some people just want. To have that experience, yeah. But other, others of us do want to say, oh, my God, what did that mean? Correct. What do you think the ending meant? And, and this yes. facilitates
2: that. This, yeah, and because the films are really heavy, this is not very light films. They all have their own story in very powerful films. So really we can have a conversation and talk about it, about the characters or about the music or and it's for everyone about the dance. If you're a dancer, contemporary dancer or if you're a musician, you're gonna see some very famous flamenco people performing in this film's life. Everything that you would see in this song would be Life actually in Bodas de Sangre, there's a piece there where they're doing slow motion. That slow motion was done by the people, wow. not by the camera. So it's like it just you just go wow. wow.
1: That's amazing. Yes. So then it'll be Sunday, starting September thirtieth. At Correct. what time?
2: At seven thirty. Seven
1: thirty. It's free. A little Charla before and then, of course, Charla and this and after. Uh, tell folks a little bit one of those other films because, cause of course, when you mentioned the films, I was like, man, that's heavy. But some folks may not have seen those films. So I think the people that know Blood Wedding or, or Boda de Sangre, they're like, whoa, I got to go. But some folks may not have he- heard about it. Or if they watch it, they may want to talk about it anyway because it's so intense. Give someone – pick one of those films and, and tell someone – that's a great detail you mentioned. When they see flamenco in slow motion, it's the people moving that slow. Correct. Pick one of the other movies that, that really touched your heart or, or, or caught your attention um, that made you want to Well, I
2: think all share. of them. I, I've seen these movies so many times. and know them by heart. Carmen, I think I've seen it like probably 35 or more times. I don't know how many times I've seen Carmen.
1: So it is based on the opera. Oh yes, definitely. What you're saying is very but, different. But it's different. So you're it's, teasing me.
2: It's different. It's different. Because it. I've seen it perform several and the, times. And the dancing and the music, just, and he has Paco de Lucia playing, and it's just really good. It really is. So you really want to come and surprise yourself, and if you like dancing and you like music, this is the the film that you would like to see.
1: That sounds great. Yes. And then, and is there a website people can go to to find yeah, out more?
2: Yeah, actually, they can go to our website, uh, theflamencopoetssociety.org, or they can go to the com where are listed there, or they can go to Facebook, where list listed there, too.
1: Fantastic. Yes. Well, thank you for all that you do.
2: Thank
1: and, you. And uh, Leti, our producer, wanted you to stick around to help us chat with Angel, because she saw that you were grilling him. So, <laughs> she's like, "Hey, maybe she wants to be a a, a, a co-host today." So, <laughs> and you've been kind enough of to accept. So, so we're saying we're closing out our little discussion on, on right now, but you're going to be sticking around, so we appreciate yes, that. Yes,
2: Thank you very much.
1: Hey, you're listening to Nuestra Palabra, Latino writers having their say. And next up will be Ankel Quesada. We've got another song coming up for you that should be awesome as well, because that's what we like to do: is mix all art forms. You're experiencing us the palabra, Latino writers having their say, and we'll be right back. <speaking in Spanish> Are back, who picked that song? Oh, that was Letty. Hey, yeah, that's, that's dope. Here. That's dope. Good stuff. Good stuff. Hey, this is all about art, all different forms. Next up in the studio, and he's live streaming it as well, Angel Quesada, born and raised in Texas. He's been making artworks for over 25 years. So, I guess as soon as you were one, right? <laughs> What's up, <laughs> Texas? What's up, Houston? He's been working in a mostly two dimensional format. He's also experienced in arts administration, digital content, fine art curation, exhibition design, and event production throughout the past decade. He's worked in various museums, galleries, and arts nonprofit organizations in Texas, including Mexi Arte Museum, the Mexican American Cultural Center, Talento Bilingue, and Mecca, he served as program manager in the Folklife and C- Civic Engagement Program at the Houston Arts Alliance, producing ethnographic content with communities throughout the greater Houston area via concerts, exhibitions, and workshops. Most recently, as a street artist, he created several original murals inspired by Houston's East End. He's been appointed a new committee member for the University of Houston Systems Public Art Collection, representing the downtown campus. And yo, that piece out in Morales Funeral Home, there's, there's a couple you were mentioning, but the one with the tree, what's what, what's the official title of it? That's Muerto's mural. Muerto's mural. That's Thanks, oh, All right, That's fantastic. Thank Welcome you. to the show. Appreciate it. No, by all means, And he, he didn't want me to read the the <laughs> the bio, but but I think this is important because we got to tell people how they can actually work in the field and... And kind of what they can
3: aspire to do. Oh, you're right. You're right. There's so many options as in the arts, and a lot of people just think you know they're gonna pull the whole Basquiat or Vincent (laughs) Vincent Van Gogh thing, (laughs) but that's not that's not happening. Or getting discovered in a gallery or whatnot. I mean, there's so many avenues to being successful in the arts. I mean, and then you know it goes to question what what does success mean for you?
1: Exactly, but but I also think that if our gente aren't aware of those different opportunities, and they can't start either appreciating them or pursuing them. That's though. a good so, point. So that's fantastic. And it's building our cultural capital as as they hear about it. Right on. So you're here to talk about a few things. you got a reveal coming. So we're about to have the North American reveal of the name of the Houston's the first. the world reveal. World, it's the world reveal. A world reveal. I'm, I'm too limited. See, I, I colonized <laughs> my own mind there. So the world release of what I think is our community's if there, you know what I'm pretty safe to say that there has not been a union of latina arts organizations like this in the there's past. been there's been a lot of
3: attempts um and I've been a part of a few of them it's mm-hmm. i god like maybe like three or four in the past 8 years I've been kind of a part of or privy to mm-hmm. um I'm not sure what happens um somebody always has an agenda and I think this time there's a possibility to really be successful because there's a lot of talented people at the table. A lot of people open to uh, new ideas, a lot of young people, and um, a lot of people who are open to the possibilities.
1: And, and I think it also comes at this time where there's this, there's just this swell. You're
3: right. There is a big swell right now in Houston, especially in Houston. I mean, we're, what, 44% Latinos? in houston and yet we're getting how much funding
1: well we're gonna give those numbers tomorrow but it's embarrassing yeah
3: yeah you all need to come out um tomorrow tomorrow. but regardless i mean it's just it's it's not it's not really what should be happening here in houston and and we're all poised right now to make a difference because of the work that we do you know as latinos you know you're used to your family just let's be quiet you know let's not (laughs) let's not rock the boat no no andas hablando mucho you know let's just keep it quiet and we'll just get by working you know you work two three jobs and it's just you know it's time to speak up and and actually claim that the the things that we deserve exactly exa- to
1: build on the past but also so that we can start accelerating absolutely accelerating what we do absolutely which is which is why I think it's this time. this group is so important and I think that, that now that it can formalize, I think with the other attempts at this, there hasn't been a formalization, and and I think the NALAC report's very helpful too because we've suspected there was a lack of funding. But I think that's been a be big in catalyst
3: in in forming of this group. I mean, we're we're just going to go there because this, this is where the meat is in that's some true. ways. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we could talk about my my uh, accomplishments in the street art realm and um, visual arts, but I mean, I really think. It's bigger than me, uh, and so I'm just one part of this big machine of, you know, the Houston Latino art scene. Latin X is the is the is the term. <laughs> and we've been catching ourselves because we're like old timers exactly. now.
1: But, uh, <laughs> well, I just got done. I mean, I'm still Chicano too. so It's like yeah, there's yeah. many names, many identities, right many hats. But but also the um, I, I do want to get back to your art in a little bit though, because I think what we must appreciate is that we as as creators. Our backgrounds, our cultural capital, we've been trained to separate ourselves from it, and we've always kind of had a pick. I think this is the era where we bring it all together. You know? It's time. It's, it's time. time. This is our time to shine, as they say. So on that note, <laughs> let's start with the name. So what okay. is the name of the important group that's
3: starting? Well, it's there's it, there's a funny story to it, but uh, the, the name is the Houston Alliance of Latinx Arts.
1: Woo! Congratulations! Hala. Hala. hala, 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 baby. I love it.
3: And so, halar to to work. You know, it's I kind of it. you know a fun a fun uh, double entendre there. Yeah, a especially in Spanish. Yes. I love it. Para halar, almost a halar. So so it's time to get to work. Um, all of the talent. I'm streaming it right now on our on our um, kind of hidden page. So those of you who are listening in uh, won't be able to see it on my personal profile. But you know, those of you who are online right now watching or listening um thanks and and you'll be looking forward to seeing some great things coming from this group there's a lot of really talented people who are associated with organizations here in houston um, a lot of young Latinx, excited, passionate people who are, who are doing things. And, you know, we want to create synergy and, exactly. and build bridges and, and, and move forward in a, in a really substantial way.
1: What I think is great too is you, you've also got the veterans in the group too that have been Absolutely. in this several decades. And, and it's great to see that, that, um, that synergy. Yeah,
3: standing on shoulders, on shoulders, on
1: shoulders. <laughs> it was like a big pyramid. It was like, ding, 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 ding. Big brown pyramid. That's fantastic. So I'm really, we're honored that the name comes. I know Stepanau is part of it, but the part of it too, but it is a collective too. It is a collective. So we didn't know the name either. So The name was decided at 5 p.m. today. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. I love it. So, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the universe with Hala in it. vamos a jalar. Hay que, hay que jalar. And that's us. We're
3: going to have some challah bread at our That's right. <laughs> <As well.
1: too. laughs> I all love it. Jewish Latinos. I love <laughs> it. Now, now but let's get back to your work though okay. because at the okay. end of the day, this is what we're trying to do. I I, I believe. I mean, I, I firmly believe that even though we have different uh, genres, at the end of the day, it is best if all of our Hint that can create their art. So tell us a little bit about the street art that you're you working You know,
3: with. Julieta was asking me some very interesting questions. Would you mind repeating them?
2: Yes, if I try to remember. But I think I was asking you, what inspired you for your murals? How okay, well, that's where, we, that's where
3: we that's where yes. we stopped before we continue uh, on this show. Um, so uh, a lot of the times, each mural depends on... on You know, the situation. So you've got some murals that are commissioned works, and so you talk with the people who commission you, and you get ideas from them. Uh, Plus
1: you need permission to paint on the
3: wall. I mean, yeah, that's a given, of course. But but sometimes you don't, you know, sometimes you just kind of take it on and and let's do this. Other times you've got permission walls, and you're just painting because you love painting. Mm. And there's somebody who wants to paint with you, and so the energy of the collaborations uh, you know, drive the, drive the imagery and the way it gets done and how quickly it gets done. Um, but other times you've got, um, well, in my case, I deal with uh, being in the space. So if I'm, if I've got a wall, like right now, I've got a, an example of a, a bike wall and uh, it's just down the street from my house, but it's on the, on the bike path in the East End. And so, uh, I bike there often just to kind of get the feel of what it looks like coming from this way, going from that way in the morning, in the evening, yes. um, walking it, you know, so you take in, uh, uh, the landscape differently from a car. And I mean, it's on the bike trail, so you can't see it from a car with a car. Uh, so that you take that into account. Like for example, with the Muertos mural that I, I did at Morales, that one, it's a, it's a Arbol de Vida, but it's with Muertos, you know, it's Calaveras and, um, I did that because, you know, Coco's hitting right now but and it's hot to be like <laughs> <laughs> But but uh more than that it's a funeral home. So I thought, you know, no, it, I mean, it's appropriate. Exac exactly. It's like, and, and everybody would who was asking me like, Oh, you're gonna do that on a funeral home? They let you? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, No, they're cool, they're cool. So then well, um, I think it's brilliant, yeah, exactly. Like, of course.
1: Yeah, no, it <laughs> makes
3: sense. And and so part of uh developing of the imagery, I mean I had the basic idea that I was gonna paint an apple and then after that I wound up, uh, I, I knew I was going to have stuff in the arbol. And, and other than that, I mean, I really just made no it kidding. up. No oh, kidding. Oh, yeah. wow. Yeah, most of my murals are 80 to 90% improvised. That's fun,
1: too. And it's funny because when when I went to see it, I thought, this is so funny because there's so many play on words. So, Dia de los Muertos at a funeral home to begin with. Right. And I thought, oh, that's so clever. A tree of life. With the muertos at the funeral I mean there are just so many clever layers yeah. that I'm like this is just fun to begin with. Thanks, thanks. But it gives off that that playful zeal con los perritos también y los cachorros. Yeah, <laughs> there was there was
3: a, a dog, a woman named Sally, who who lived in the neighborhood, her parents lived in the neighborhood and she walked her dog every day by our mural wow. in the morning and in the evening. Wow. So because of the heat, I would paint early in the morning, but usually uh for that mural, I painted in the evening because the shade was better then. So I started at about 2.30. Sometimes I'd go all the way to 8.30. Sometimes I started 4. Sometimes I started at 6, depending on what I had in my life going on. Uh, it took me about six weeks to finish that mural. Wow! And, and so while I was painting, at one point I just thought, you know, this is way too pretty. You know, I have to find a way to destroy it and and to to convey that angst that people have. Uh, seeing the lofts go up, you know, in some ways, you know, all those roots from the tree and it's going to, it let's chop it down. So I I asked them, I was like, cause I do not want, I didn't want to like, you know, bite the hand that feeds. So I said, Hey, uh, is it cool? I'm going to, I'm going to put some guy sawing the tree down. And so they said, Oh, okay. Wow. <laughs> you sure? I'm like, yeah, yeah, no, it's, this is going to be good. And so, um, on the mural itself, you've got the original, um, uh, Adam and Eve of the Morales funeral home who was Felix Morales and his wife wow and then you know you've got the snake because it comes from the book of Genesis um, so it's a tree of life right and, of course but this one is the tree of death Martha's mural and then I've got all the blue collar workers you've got a fireman a policeman a uh, uh, indio, which relates to another mural I did on St. Emmanuel in Leland. And then I've got the, uh, butterflies, which relate to the mural, uh, two blocks away at Via Arcos mural, because I have a bunch of, um, mariposa tacos on flower tortillas, because that's all they serve. <laughs> I mean, I'll serve mariposa tacos. I wish
1: that would be interesting, but. But Yolanda Black Whoever whoever uh, starts Lovato. that you owe you owe Angelus five bucks for that idea. <laughs> <laughs> well
3: there's cha- chapulines here. I know. <laughs> but um so, so Yolanda Black Navarro, we used to, you know, we'd go drink tequila and at uh, El Tiempo sometimes and, and talk She's chisme. Orlando, yeah. yeah. So she she loves the the mariposas, and so I put that in there, and that relates to that. And then the sun and the moon because it's you know very typical Mexican thing. All the restaurants around, and I did that at Dona Maria, which is about five blocks away from that mural. So that I, I related it to the other murals I was doing in the area. And it's my plan to do more murals in the East End because I think the East End needs to be like our Chicano Park. Yes, you know? definitely. And we yes. need to have that nucleus yes. uh, that's going to bring people important. to the East End and, and celebrate this culture before it, the identity is gone. Exactly. By the way,
1: if I had my way, we'd just talk about the painting, the way you're breaking it down for five hours. But look, So we're going to go that course. Maybe we can also touch on... I feel like it is a renaissance with murals possibly. Absolutely. Up.
3: Absolutely. And if you look at who's doing the murals, it's mostly, uh, young Latinos, Latinas, and, uh, you've got, you know, some others, but mostly it's. The young people. Yeah. It's the young people the who are gonna, who are gonna keep it going. You know, right. it's up to us. Old fogies. I you're a respected elder. <laughs> people can say something. I know we're, we're, I'm, Who am I kidding? Right? <laughs> I'm being <I mean, laughs> foolish. So, so um, you know, those young people with the energy—it's uh, not directed yet. It's getting there, um, and and part of it, you know, you see a lot of very, very bright young people who are who are just doing stuff, and at some point. Uh, they either get tired or they have, they develop some depth that, that really uh,
1: changes society. Or, or, or they have to leave because they can't make capital from the cultural capital. That's what happens. A lot of people leave Houston. It's a, there's a big drain. I think we're about to change that. I mean, I, I, with what's happening now. And I think the other part, too, is that there's a moment now where we can hand these folks different tools that we didn't have. Absolutely. But because we have access to them to to push it, the group the group that hala hala <laughs> hala will, will be pivotal
2: I think in delivering so those things. I think
1: so too, which is exciting. So so I'm not I'm not delusional. It is a renaissance of things going on, absolutely, on top of everything else. Yeah,
2: and I uh, I have uh, and I think it's very important because there's a story. Your mural has a story, and uh-huh. everybody has a story. So to me, this is incredible. Even if you don't know how to read, you can read the story Absolutely. in the mural. No, that's the tradition. And are able to to share the experiences of the neighborhood, just as you mentioned, the lady walking the little dog, the, you put the lady's name, that was the... Uh, I put the
3: dog in the mural. And the
2: dog <laughs> in the mural. Yes. So there is a story in the mural that needs to be told. The dog's
1: agent is calling so in...
2: <laughs> <laughs> so it is very important. I think murals convey a story of what's happening to us, what we're going through, what's about to happen. It is which people don't talk about it, but there is a story.
3: That, that goes to something I really wanted to mention on the air, which is that art has power, and and yes. and what happens that is that is it gets divorced and it becomes this kind of like cloistered thing where you go to a gallery or museum to see Mm it. And so the thing about painting outside is that, you know, it it gets to see you get to it gets to be seen by by just folks who would never go to those institutions. Yes. and so it does follow in the traditions of the Mexican muralists because they actually painted for analfabetos, You know, the the folks who mm-hmm. weren't reading all of the books, they were getting the stories, uh, that their history from the murals, like Diego Rivera and Siqueiros mm-hmm. and you know Rosco, exactly. even Tamayo. But I like Tamayo. <laughs> um, but the colors. Um, you know, somebody, while I was painting it, I mean, a lot of people came up and talked to me, but one of the things they said, can you paint Pride? And I was like, how do you paint Pride? Wow, this is really complicated. Okay. So, he told me the story about um, all the groups that were living in that uh, area, Second Ward. And so, I incorporated some of those, those, um, that inspiration into the mural. So, most people who look at work, you know, I hate to say this, but it's sad They just go to get a selfie. And, um, I want to paint some anti selfie murals. (laughs) Because, you know, it's, I think there's an opportunity that's getting lost where people are just going to, to, you know, look pretty in front of a mural and they're not really taking in the art. And then again, you know, I'm, I'm challenging the other, uh, muralists who are listening. If you're listening, guys, let's up the ante. Like, let's, let's really, like, a lot of these folks, they're very talented, so skilled. Um, a lot of them never went to study art. They 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 didn't understand you know the kind of things that composition and and line can convey or that history art history can convey. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times they're they're they don't they don't really hit deep and cut. You know I want to cut when with when somebody sees the mural that they, they're they want to I want to make them cry and, or and, something.
1: And let me jump in too because um, I think you did create an anti selfie. <laughs> mural in, in the work we're talking about, only because it's so dense and fun that even as you're saying it, I didn't take a selfie in front of it, because I do take selfies. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. Take your selfies. <laughs> but you know. I, I had to take it all in, because even in the small parts were so many yeah. fun little stories, yeah. that it's like, I had to really like... Yeah, you can't just look at it, one, it, the whole it, thing at once. Exactly. All of a sudden, it was in context, and yeah. then I didn't really see myself in yet. Now, when I do go back, I'll be, I feel like I'm a part of it. Yeah. But I think you did that by putting so many layers in it. And, and like. I could have kept going. Uh, you're right. And, and I think I had to stop. What's interesting, too, is that it does have that feel of not just aesthetically on point, not just telling that story, but also someone coming in. I love you say, I'm going to break stuff. Cause just, you go in and you take it in. You're like, wait a second. I thought I got it, but what is that? Yeah. That complicates it, you know? Yeah. And, and even the pun on words, we're, we're chopping down the tree of life. <laughs> We're killing the tree of life at the house. <laughs> the at, the house home, at the house of death. At the house of death. You know, so there are all these cool layers. Yeah. So I, 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 no, think, I had a, I had fun making that mural, but but also I think for our communities, the Chicano murals too, Chicano, you mentioned Chicano Park, they are that complex as yeah. well. Yeah, they're layered. There's there's
3: a lot of uh, opportunities, and I mean, look at the elders of who is doing murals in the East End, and you've got you know you've got Siqueiros even daniel uh you know but but i'm not sure what i'm saying Cifuentes, mm-hmm. Jesse Cifuentes. you know he's he's uh recently going to open up a piece that's going to he was a lead artist i helped him be a part of that uh over at the heritage museum
1: um, that's opening on the is
3: it? september something september right? something yes 16 i think i think they went yes. to it then yes something 10th in september something teenth but ha- i heard it. Ah! there's the cue what's your last words say something cool the way uh say <a> hi <haiku>. cool <laughs> um, you know uh i when you look at murals interact with them use your whole body uh, it's more than just taking a, a, a selfie like do something new come on because the murals are talking and in Houston it's our time
1: love it mm. thanks for coming on the show thanks for all that you do hermano thanks Mano. for having me hey gracias Julieta Julieta un placer Very much for having me thank you great show crew hey this is Tony as a little bit I forgot to say bye Alexis de Texas Joe Anthony and lens out there as well, and nada. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you at some cool event soon.
0: Ciao. All right, quick shout-out to the listeners, and quick shout-out to AJ Lotus for listening and tuning in. Thank you for, for, for supporting me and my endeavors. Have a good one, folks.
2: Historic Heights Theater on 19th Street hosts a wide variety of concert and special events. Upcoming concerts include singer-songwriter John Moreland on Friday, August 24th, Michael Nesmith and the First National Bank on Friday, September 7th, and an acoustic evening with Grammy Award-winning Sean Colvin on Sunday, September 9th. For more information or to get tickets, visit theheightstheater.com. This is KPFT Houston.
3: Thousands of you have heeded the call, but there's always room for more. You can find KPFT on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. From our latest updates to funny videos, contests, news, and more, you can find us anytime, day or night. We're at KPFT Houston on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. We'd love to give you the latest. Plus, you're already on Facebook. Why not get behind the scenes of Houston's leader for independent music, arts, ideas, and culture right now? Again, find us at KPFT Houston on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. See you there.